the Agile brand. Welcome to Season 6 of the Agile Brand, where we discuss marketing technology and customer experience trends, insights, and ideas with enterprise and technology platform leaders. We focus on the people, processes, data, and platforms that make brands successful, scalable, customer-focused, and sustainable. This is what makes an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advising Fortune 1000 brands on MarTech, marketing operations, and CX, best-selling author and speaker. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know that my latest book, Priority is Action, Seven Principles for Better Strategies, Decisions, and Outcomes, is now available. In it, I give ideas and insights for leaders and teams that need to make meaningful progress on their priorities. After all, our priorities are what we do, not what we say we'd like to do. You can find Priority is Action on Amazon or learn more on my website, gregkillstrom.com. Now let's get on to the show. As the voice of the customer becomes increasingly important in driving business success, companies are recognizing the need to optimize and personalize every touchpoint along the customer journey. From initial awareness and consideration to purchase and post-purchase support, every interaction matters and can make or break a customer's loyalty and advocacy. Today, we're going to talk about customer journey management, how to do it well, how to measure success, and how to improve it over time. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Stacy Sherman, founder and chief customer officer at Doing CX Right. Stacy, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. Yeah, looking forward to talking about this topic with you. Um, definitely a, a timely topic here. Uh, but why don't we get started with you giving a little background on yourself as well as what you're currently doing? Yes, so I am in the business of professionally speaking and content creation writing a book that's coming out this year uh, on the topic we're going to be talking about and uh, have a LinkedIn course coming in February. So I guess I am a jack of all trades in the customer experience space and doing it right. Nice, nice. That's great. Well, yeah, then let's let's dive in talking about customer journey management. And, and I'd like to start with some definitions and let's talk a little bit about alignment with goals and, and measurement. So first, how would you summarize your approach to customer journey management? You know, what does a customer journey consist of? And yeah. what do you mean when you talk about journey management? Yep. Well, let me start off by saying and give preface, I should have said this in the beginning, which is I just left corporate after 25 years. This entrepreneurship path that I'm on, that can change anytime. So everything I'm speaking about today is from working in brands. I was also at a BPO, a contact center outsourcing solution. So a little bit of vendor side, mostly the brand side at big brands. But it applies to small and mid-sized companies, of course. And so the context is as a practitioner. When you talk about journey management, I want to clarify, this is not journey mapping, which is a piece of that. It's important to have both knowledge. Same as I like to say, customer experience and customer service are not the same and do not use them interchangeably. 
So we're talking about journey management. It is the holistic, let me repeat, holistic way of looking at a the way the customer interacts with a brand. It is omni-channel. It is online. It is offline. It is retail. It is all these different touch points that come together. And it's also fueled by the workforce. So collectively, you're really designing an experience that's journey management, which is bigger than when you think of the pieces of customer service, of UX, user experience, et cetera. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And I it definitely, I think that distinction between mapping and and management, it's like the square rectangle thing. It's like all um, <laughs> squares are rectangles, but you know, anyway, so, but I, I think that's important because, and I, we're going to talk about this a little bit more later too, but you know, I, I do think a lot of people kind of start and stop at the mapping piece. And, you know, I think, I think we're going to talk a little bit about why yeah. that is not the right, the right approach. And so, you know, maybe towards that end, you know, the second thing I wanted to talk about was aligning, customer journeys with with business objectives. So, you know, how do you approach that? How do you work with with orgs to do that? And, you know, what what governance structures or processes do you have in place that ensure journeys are, are managed and, you know, managed consistently across the organization? So what I'm going to say sounds so darn simple and reality. It is not because People are resistant. People, uh, companies say they don't want to be in silos, but it just naturally happens. And we get in our own way within brands. So the best advice is what I like to do when I'm working in the brand or when I'm doing workshops with brands is that you bring people across the organization every single point of the customer interactions, people from marketing, people from e-commerce, the, you know, however customers can buy, how people pay their bill, the finance team, all these different teams. And by the way, that many times I hear them say, well, I don't touch the customer. I'm, I'm the back office. I, I don't need to be in the room. I'm like, oh yes, you do. Let me tell you why. Yeah. So what happens is you get everybody together in the room and literally walk end-to-end in the customer's shoes together, what happens is people then start to understand the domino effect of where their job begins and ends and how their role impacts the next person's role and job and responsibilities. And that's how you break down the human silos, the data silos And so it's that mere act of really designing the experience together and continuously do that. And here's where a lot of companies fall short. I finally get them together in the room. We design it. And then they think they're done. Right. (laughs) And the game changer is where you validate it with real customers to make sure what you designed is actually meeting their real needs. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where, you know, it's a couple things there. I mean, one is what you just said, you know, validating it with customers also, you know, measurement, right? So, you know, how are you, are the journeys effective? Are they, you know, where, where is room for improvement? 
obviously it would be great to improve everything, but there's, there's gotta be some prioritization of, of what gets done. So, you know, how do you, how do you think about incorporating the first, the, the data and the analytics into, into that so that you're measuring the right things to kind of come to the right conclusions? Yeah. Well, when I worked at, I'll just pick one of my many jobs, uh, the elevator industry. <laughs> Never thought I'd be in a in vertical transportation industry, but I was. <laughs> and elevators and escalators, what did they have to do with customer experience? Oh, the answer is a lot. So yeah. what we did and what they still do is they talk to customers at key moments of truth, whether it's they're installing a new elevator or escalator, whether they're in the maintenance contract, it's already installed and they're years later, they've got maintenance, or they're modernizing their equipment. So understanding how each segment of their interaction with the company, asking at those points that matter and there's many mechanisms to do that. The point is getting the feedback and giving it to the right teams, the product teams, the sales teams, all the different people that touch that moment of the customer interaction and the data points of literally asking the right questions. How, you know, if we have a had a technician come on site to do a repair, well, was he dressed professional? Did he communicate well? I say he because it was mostly he's. But asking the questions of the experience and then not waiting till the contract ends to say, are you ready to renew? <laughs> right. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so I think to me, at least a common theme here is, you know, there's lots of smart people with, you know, good intentions of of doing all this stuff, but they tend to do one thing and, and kind of stop. So in other words, you know, first we started with, you know, it's not just enough to map the journey. It's, it's important to map the journey, but it's not just enough to do that. Now, now kind of what you're saying is there's a lot of, there's a lot of measurement. I mean, we're, you know, we're flooded with data and just in, in all ways, but there's a lot of things being collected, but it's that feedback loop, right. That, that is so critical. And like, what do you actually do with with all the all the good or even not so good information that that you might have but you know is that is the is the feedback loop is that do you see that as kind of a, a stumbling block to a lot of orgs 100% and one of the, the reason i know what great looks like is because one of my jobs uh, this was at Verizon one of my roles in a big company like that they have, and this is very typical, where you have social media handled by one department. You, so you get a lot of insights on yeah. unstructured data from social media. But then you also have your contact center all the way. Picture social media is all the way to my right hand and you have my left hand showing contact center. And then you have another department that has e-commerce and contact forms. Those are just three of many points. You've got your retail channels. All these places have their own data and their own systems and the systems don't talk to each other because the company's so big. And so 
even smaller companies are guilty of this. So what we did was we made a centralized, my department, we made a, uh, created a centralized repository of all of this, these data points of the voice of customer. So then we can prioritize and follow and close the loop. You can't do that unless it's very intentional and designed and partnership with your IT teams. The silos don't work. So Yes, it's a problem in most companies, human and data silos that we can break. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems to me like in the, in the very large, you know, when you get to like the fortune 100, let's say the, the silos are, are their own challenge when you get a little smaller, maybe, you know, the fortune 1000 it's, there may not be all the resources and investment in some of those things. There might be silos also, but you know, some of, some of the infrastructure stuff, you know, so in other words, it's never easy, right? It's it's always it cut, but some of the some of the challenges kind of depend on the size and and breadth of the of the organ, and then you add global components and multi products and divisions. Yeah, but but let's let's take this a little bit. I don't know the size of businesses that your audience is, but let's just narrow it a little bit. Let's pretend this is now not a big global company. Let's say it's a midsize. Let's say it's a small company because it's the same principle. What reality is that companies don't give the same goals to each department. So what happens? Me as a customer, I will go to buy something online, pick up at store. Now I go to the store and what happens? Well, they put me in the same queue as anybody coming into the store. So now I'm waiting on a line to just pick up my product and instead they're not recognizing the departments don't talk to each other and therefore, right, they have different goals. One's maybe trying to like quickly get you out the door because you already paid online. They don't want you in the store. <laughs> right. 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 And then you go to try to return something you bought online, but then the retail store and the retail store is like, sorry, you have to return it online. And I'm like, but aren't you one company? So right. that's journey management where a customer doesn't feel like they're, they're talking to different companies and brands when it's one represented brand, just, you know, working cohesively. Before we continue, I'd like to introduce you to a sponsor of the show, Partner Hero. Customer service outsourcing has long been available mainly to large enterprise businesses with long-term contracts and onerous procurement processes. Partner Hero is challenging business as usual and bringing the benefits of outsourcing to small and medium businesses as well as startups. With short, flexible contracts and fast ramp-up times, Partner Hero is making customer support outsourcing a viable option for small and medium businesses and startups. It's perfect for companies with seasonality expecting a temporary spike in volume or that simply need to scale up. And their focus on quality means your customers will get an experience that feels like it comes from your team. If you're ready to bring in outside customer support help for your company that feels like it's part of your existing team, check out Partner Hero. Head on over to partnerhero.com slash agile, that's partnerhero.com slash A-G-I-L-E to book a free consultation with their solutions team. Mention you heard about Partner Hero from the Agile brand and the way of the setup fee. Before we get back to the show, I just wanted to remind you to hit the follow or subscribe button on your app to make sure you get notified when new episodes of this show are available. Now let's get back to the show. I think, I mean, you touched on this, but 
I've always, I've often said it's, it's these almost competing incentive structures, right. Of like, you know, you get, you get working in your little silo and you're focused on one thing. And you know, that, that team that's in charge of returns, let's say, they're incentivized by a completely different thing than, than the, the people making the sales. And so, yeah, it's, you know, where, where does that, where, where have you seen that kind of reconciled successfully? Is it, is it centralizing this? Is it executives aligning? Is it all of the above? Like where, where would you take a first step or where would you advise an org to take a first step towards, you know, aligning that? Well, it is definitely, even if it's back of the napkin, really mapping out how does, how do you want a customer to learn, buy, pay, uh, get, you know, get help, all those journey interaction points online and offline. And especially in new product development, and you talk about the agile brand, it's doing this in an agile way where you're designing, you're developing, you're getting feedback along the components in pre-development, not just post-assessment yeah. and hope you did it right. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So I want to switch gears a little bit here. And, and you know, we've been talking about this from the the internal and the organizational perspective. I want to look at this a little bit from the the customer's perspective. After all, you know, it's it's the customer journey. So, spend a little time talking about this. And you know, you've certainly seen this from. I mean, we've all seen this from the we've all we're all customers, and you know, in in real life. Um, but you know, from that customer's perspective, you know, what what are the pain points that they're feeling that you know, journey management can, can start to help. I know you've touched on, on a few from that, you know, we can kind of extrapolate, but you know, what are, what are some of those, those bigger pain points that maybe brands are just not, uh, they're not paying enough attention to? It is so simple. It is so simple of thousands and thousands of surveys and focus groups and voice of customer programs it boils down to one word across every company I've ever been at. And the word is communication. Mm. Communication and lack of consistency of that communication. There's no reason. Let's take contact centers, for example. One touch point. Important channel. There's no reason that if I call the airlines and they give me an answer, which ends up kind of like not the answer I want. So it feels like no. I then go on to chat and get to an agent and I get a yes. Yeah. Okay. And it's, it happens all the time with the airlines for me. Yeah. Me, me too, for what it's worth. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that just shouldn't happen. I don't like to ever shit on anybody, but really, really. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, t- totally totally agree. Well, and so that said, you know, we're there's there's been a focus on personalization for for quite a while, but I think there's about to be a huge boom in actually realizing that with AI, you know, making things easier and and all that and with first party data and customer data platforms, all all of these things I se- kind of see converging as we're going to have this boom in like actually personalizing things as opposed to just 
talking about personalizing them. But with that brings a lot of other issues that are that are coming to light, which are, you know, we've got all these, let alone customer segments, but now we're talking about approaching that one-to-one personalization and, and things. How do you balance the needs, uh, let alone, you know, not even talk about one-to-one needs, but let's say more customer segments because it's become easier. How do you kind of balance that with managing customer journeys? And, you know, how do you, how do you know where to prioritize and, and things like that? The data tells you where to prioritize. The voice of customer tells you where to prioritize coupled, married with the voice of the employee. And, you have to just prioritize what are the common issues and challenges, especially the low-hanging fruit, what's easy to do that doesn't require tremendous investment. Those should need to be in the roadmap. But there's plenty of things. And again, back to communication. If, for example, if somebody needs a, a broken part fixed – or they need to reach their sales contact in a local branch and they're calling that office and nobody's picking up the phone. They're not reachable. Happens all the time. Then you could have the best product ever. And so how do you know there's a problem? Well, you ask the customer for feedback. And if you don't want to hand, you don't want to dive into one-offs, you know, you don't have time for the little, little onesie twosie situations, but the data tells you, the qualitative and the quantitative data tells you, and you use that to determine how do you go about chipping away the pain points. And there's no perfect, we're human, but it's it's there and focus on what's on your control here and now. There's so many. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. And that's, I, I like it for lots of reasons, but one is certainly it's just practical and it's, it, it, it's, it's a simpler as opposed to trying to find complex ways of prioritizing things, it's like use you know let, let the data kind of let you know where to to go and uh, so and I, I like that. So la- last topic I wanted to talk about is the the governance of these things. So you know, assuming we've mapped and we've measured and we've made some incremental improvements, you know, this is where governance and continuous improvement really starts coming into play because it's you know as as you've already said you know it's it's never it's never done um so we we need to keep in, improving so you know what's what's your approach there you know what's what what should the thinking be as far as continuous improvement and you know there's lots of ways to look at this there's you know the people process platform components as well so you know how how would you recommend that someone starts thinking about continuous improvement yeah, I'm glad you said you're never done because that is a problem in companies where they're like, we did it. We did that. They just say right. a journey map. We did it. Done. Check the box. Oh, no, 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 no. You're just starting. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so, and they probably just did like I've seen them people do a journey map just of the e-commerce experience. And I'm like, that's not journey management. Like kudos to you for starting. So yes, you're never done. However, you got to start somewhere and then you continue to evolve because customer needs keep changing and evolving. And the governance is important because it keeps people accountable 
And there's rules of engagement. And there's, again, breaking the silos when you have the right people coming together. So what I've seen and have done is create a committee, have the right people in the room. And it's not just the C-suite. In fact, more importantly, are the people doing the work. And you have that cadence, a very clear agenda, where you talk about the entire journey management. What is the data saying? Where do we want to fix in Q1 and Q2? And and what do we want to have done by the end of the year? And everybody's in agreement that they're literally uh, marching to the same music. And it, and you can start anytime. It doesn't have to be January. It could be April. Just you come together, you decide what your missions are, and you also look at it from solving the pain points of the customer and internal. Because if your internal people are not supported and valued and empowered, the customer goals cannot be achieved. So it's really not hard rocket science. It's just a matter of doing it instead of just thinking and pondering about it. Yeah, that, to, totally agree. And I, I love the the idea of, you know, that it's it's a continue. It's not a project that starts and, and ends, right? It's, uh, it's, it's uh, you know, I guess to the point of the show, you know, it's it's an agile thing that, you know, whether you use Scrum or not is not the point, but it, it is something that continually iterates and, and, and improves. Looking ahead, it sounds like there's a lot of, of companies, big and small, that have a lot of work to even just get started and to get beyond, let's say, a, a journey map or uh, initially setting up some some journey management. But you know, what what are you seeing as far as those companies more at the forefront, the the leaders in there? Are there trends? Are there approaches that they're taking that? Um, others should look towards and, and and follow? Yes, I would say a couple things. One, if you're just starting out, it's okay to use the most common basic measurement of what we all know, net promoter score, NPS. It's okay. Like start with something. Don't stop there. <laughs> Do not stop there. You got to dig into the why why would someone recommend based on their interaction with that customer service rep, based on that whole buying experience? Make sure you go deeper into how easy or difficult was it to get your your goal accomplished at that point. I also love measurements of purpose, whatever your company culture and purpose is. Are you really delivering on it and and measuring against that? There's a lot of different ways to go about it. So I want people to start somewhere. And then what I see happening is companies are continuing to gauge, again, qualitative and quantitative feedback. The AI is the new and shiny object here because instead of doing it manually the way we've had to do it, now in split seconds, you feed the AI the data and now you're getting faster decision-making, you know, information back with the highlights of what needs attention, what's on fire. If 
a great example, when you're collecting feedback and someone says the word lawyer, legal, lawsuit, you don't, you can't afford for that to be like finding out in a month from now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good point. Well, Stacy, thanks so much for joining today. I wish, um, definitely need to have you back on to talk <laughs> about some more, some more of this stuff, but, um, maybe after when the book comes out, we'll, um, we'll, we'll yeah. re- catch up again. Um, one, one last question for you though, um, before we wrap up, you've given a lot of great insights already, but, uh, you know, what's, what's one next best action you'd recommend for those out there listening, they know they need to improve their customer journey management, but maybe aren't sure where to start. Where, where would you recommend they, they look? They call me. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> There's a lot of, besides calling me, there's a lot of free content on my website, uh, doingcxright.com. And my my podcast, which you've been on, and my blog articles, and tons of really helpful insights on where to begin. How do you do it right? And deeper into these conversations. So at minimum, there's such good tons and tons of content, which I'm also sharing on LinkedIn uh, daily. And if you don't want to do any of that, I would say just, not just, begin and continue to pay attention intentionally on what customers are saying about your brand. And if you're not going to collect it intentionally, Make sure you have a pulse on what they're saying in social media, even about your competitors, because that gives you great intelligence. And then look at it across the touch points of how they learn about your brand and buy and get and use and get set up and pay and get help. And the data is out there. Just pay attention and then start using it. Yeah. Oh, great, great stuff. I love that. Well, again, I'd lo- I'd like to thank Stacy Sherman, founder and chief customer officer at Doing CX Right, for joining the show. You can learn more about Stacy and Doing CX Right by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. While you're there, check out my series of best-selling Agile brand guides covering a wide variety of marketing technology topics, or you can search for Greg Kilstrom on Amazon. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile. The Agile Brand.